0: The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for the sacrifice of your Son that gives us freedom to live lives towards you and towards our neighbor. Amen. This last week, Vicar Ivor and I spent an overnight event for intern supervisors and interns And it was interesting to talk amongst clergy at different points in their careers, talking about the process that leads to ordained ministry. And the process has changed a lot over time. For those who were several years older than me, it was kind of one path, and during my years it was another way, and for those coming through these days, the path is still different. But I think still, even though we didn't talk about it specifically, there was a strong sense amongst colleagues that there's no way that Martin Luther would have ever made it today. (laughs) I think there's a pretty strong sense he probably would not have passed the psychological evaluation. (laughs) There is a lot in our tradition that we are very proud of I find it interesting on a day so removed in location and time from the events that we celebrate, that for most of our children in school, when they hear the name Martin Luther, there's a specific man that pops into their minds, and it's not the man that we gather to acknowledge on this day. It's an African-American man who grew up in the southern United States in the Baptist tradition who was named after his father, both first and middle name, Martin Luther. If there is any sense of the power of the tradition that was founded, that we are named after, I think that speaks volumes. Huge tradition that comes down. Many of you remember it wasn't too many years ago if you weren't so stressed about whether your computer was going to make the millennial date change or not, and if you would have power. There were all these lists of important people over the last millennia, right? Normally we get the big music hits of the last year, but a thousand years isn't always represented on iTunes, and so they had to go a little broader as to how they might look. And when they looked at the most influential historical figures of the last thousand years, Luther was usually in the top two or three, and on some lists, the top one. That's nice. We have new signs now that say Lutheran. But what does that mean for us today as we gather in this space? It does mean that at times there will be a nod to our ethnic traditions, perhaps, as you've seen in the postcards that went out. We hope you brought your polka shoes for the event following the second service. But there is far more to it. There is a question of the way in which we live our lives. Do we live our lives in a sense of being bound, a sense of being captive? In the Gospel text that we have for today, we hear about people being enslaved to sin. And people were talking to Jesus, leaders in the community, they're saying, we've never been slaves to anyone. Except there was that whole stint in Egypt, but we're, we're not trying to focus on that. We're trying to move past but definitely a people who would have understood what it meant to be bound, to be enslaved, to not have freedom, to be about the things that God had called them to be about as a people until they were rescued. Now, as we gather in this place, we're mindful of our tradition of 500 years, of 60 years, as Lutherans, we often mark this time in hymnals, right? We have the cranberry one now, not to be confused with the red one that we had a generation ago. But most of us still remember the green hymnal not too many years back. And we would gather and we would gather in worship and share together the words of confession, the brief order for confession. And we would begin with the words that we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. I remember when I was on CPE, kind of chaplaincy training in a hospital setting, I was the only Lutheran in the group, but there were some others that I knew had grown up in our tradition, and they said, Are you still using that bondage language? They'd be glad to know that in the new hymnal, it appears to have been jettisoned. But it is strong language, because if we give up the idea that we have been bound or enslaved, if we say, well, this is something we can navigate on our own, all of our flaws and failings and shortcomings, the brokenness of the human condition, we can take care of it ourselves. What does that say to God who made the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf? No, it's okay. We'll walk it off. We're good. It doesn't say that we respect the gift that has been given. I think that's challenging because we get up every day, we see the news, and often it's horrible, and we walk out the door saying, well... I'm not the people I saw on the news. (laughs) I must be in the top half at least. I'm pretty good. But when we go to bed at night, are we laying awake thinking of how perfect we were that day? Or are we often thinking of the things that we didn't do right? The things that we messed up? The ways in which we hurt others accidentally? or sometimes even intentionally. I think one of the things that is even hardest is when we think of all the things that we should have done and did not do because we were afraid or tired. It's all of that perfection that we wrap up in ourselves. That bondage when we turn to God and say, we can't do this on our own. And we hear in the Gospel text today from Jesus Christ, the gift given to us that we did not deserve. Now there's another part of this though because as Lutherans, we kind of like the idea of leaving the story right there and leaving it in that place where we start to feel good and we can kind of in our faith lives sit there and it's just passive. It's as if there is nothing that comes after. Instead of the idea that we are called to go and do. Now this is where it gets to us. Because I think often we're motivated because it's something we ought to do. Oh, there's a potluck today. I should make something. I should make two things. Or we're constantly trying to make points with those around us to demonstrate that we're good people, that we're worthwhile, so that people will have nice things to say when it comes to our memorial service. It's as if we are motivated in our lives only out of self-preservation. But instead, the texts that we have that have been interpreted through the years remind us that we are free from the burden of trying to save ourselves. And so we are free to go out and work towards others. Lives that are full of saying thank you to God by reaching out to those around us who are hurting. There's one last piece that I think seems important this year on Reformation Day. As Martin Luther was nailing up the statements on the chapel door in Wittenberg, there was a great equalizing of things throughout Europe, for sure. All of a sudden, it wasn't too long before Bibles were printed in the language that the people spoke. Some could read. They could see for themselves what was in there. There was a sense that the service ought to be done in the vernacular that people might hear it. All people. Not just the wealthy. Not just those in the inner circle. Not just those in Rome, but everyone. There was a profound sense at the time of the Reformation that the grace and gifts of God were for everyone, regardless of class or station. It's easy for us just to wrap that up all in religious and faith kind of pieces, but I think in our country, we can think of things that aren't shared quite so equally. And I think as Christians, we are called to ask questions about that. We may come up with a number of different answers as to what the path looks like to solve that. But I think as Christians, we ought to be concerned. And so as we think of the Reformation celebration this year, we are mindful of how God came to all of us. And I think we are called to ask in our world today if there aren't other things that need to be shared with all. Amen.